You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you for joining us. I hope everyone had an amazing weekend. In a brief moment, we will be joined by Alan True. He covers recruiting in the Midwest for 24-7 Sports to break down the latest in his part of the country, including commitments for Penn State and Notre Dame and a crystal ball trending towards Michigan State. If you're new to our feed, please rate us, please review us, and please subscribe. If you leave a five-star Apple podcast review with your recruiting question, you got a chance to get it answered by our team of analysts at 24-7 Sports. We've got a mailbag episode later this week, so make sure you tune in for that one as well. Before we catch up with Alan, let's begin with the kickoff. 44 commitments over the span of three days this past weekend, including the big one out in Michigan, five-star defensive tackle Damon Payne. You saw it live on CBS Sports HQ. He commits to Alabama, and it's the seventh commitment for the Crimson Tide in this month. When you read recruits say that they want to go and compete against the best. It's not only on the field on Saturday nights. It's also on the practice field every week. So Damon Payne commits to Alabama. Shortly after, the tight also picked up a top-rated center in James Brockemeyer. Alabama also has Tommy Brockemeyer, the number one offensive tackle in the country. They've got J.C. Latham, another highly regarded offensive tackle and a five-star prospect. So Payne will be going up against those guys and many others every day in practice. And when you're looking at average rating per commitment, Ohio State, which has the number one class in the country, and Alabama, which now has the number two class in the country, they are in a stratosphere of their own. Ohio State, 94.94, so they're averaging about a mid to high four-star. And Alabama is at 94.48. So those two programs setting the pace atop the recruiting class rankings heading into the month of August with Oregon number three, Tennessee number four, and LSU number five. Changing gears now, we are joined by Alan True. He covers Midwest recruiting for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan True. Alan, how are you doing? Doing well, Blair. A lot of lot going on up this way this weekend. So uh, had a lot to cover, but doing well yeah we've we've touched on this podcast for the last couple weeks the fact that high school football is getting pushed back you know you know state by state everything's a little different i think kids are now realizing that they might not be able to go out and and take visits go out and check out some of the options i think that's why we've seen a, a a raised amount of decisions and and activity yeah and we're seeing it in the 20 two class a little bit more now too. And, and I think some of that is the uncertainty for those kids about what their seasons are going to look like. And if they're going to be able to take unofficial visits and see games in the fall, um, they kind of, they got wiped out in the spring and, and then summer camp season. So it's, you know, we always talk about the impact it has on this class and obviously it has been big in the 21 class, but a lot of those 21s were evaluated last summer. I think that uh, it really affects the 22s from a standpoint of wondering how they're going to get in front of these schools. Yeah. And just think about it. The 2021 players have junior film. 
right? So those players at least have this last season uh, as juniors to be able to sell and market themselves to some of these colleges. And the colleges have more background and and more, I guess, to go off of when they are making some of these offers, when they are extending, you know, possibilities of joining a recruiting class with the 2022s and and below that, with even the 2023s who just had their freshman season, uh, there's not as much tape. There's not as much uh, substance there. Uh, so you would understand, especially the kid thinks that that's the best option that he's going to have on the table to, to immediately jump on it and then wait things out and, and figure it out as things, you know, kind of unravel. Yeah. And like I said, that's, that's summer camp and that spring evaluation period going into your junior year. It's where you see a lot of kids make progress and, and get a lot of offers and schools reference can go back to that data of, of what did you measure at camp last summer, those kinds of things. And uh, we don't basically don't have that in the 2022 class. So it'll be interesting to see how the kids handle it, but also how schools go about evaluating those kids. We had a big announcement this past weekend from Damon Payne. He's a five-star defensive tackle from the state of Michigan, Bellevue High School. He committed to Alabama live on CBS Sports HQ. You've, you've covered his recruitment closely. You've seen him as a prospect. The Crimson Tide, it, it wasn't a surprise. They, ho- they held all 10 votes and all 10 forecasts in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. So he, he didn't shock the world, but that doesn't diminish the impact and, and, and I guess the, the level of, uh, of a commitment that, that, is, that this is for the Crimson Tide. No, not at all. And, and even during the week, I think everybody thought plays probably Bama, but he didn't really come out there and say it. And, and uh, I'm led to believe he kept their coaching staff in some suspense as well. Uh, do think that some schools did a good job recruiting him. Kentucky, Arizona State really came on strong at the end, USC, um, schools like that. But uh, so, so big for Alabama to close that one out. And I think even though they're used to having five-star guys, nationally recruited guys, and, and defensive tackle is just a position where it's hard to find kids that that have all the tools and this guy has it um he's been coming down to campus since uh just before his sophomore season so they've recruited him for a long time and i think uh those early visits and and the fact that nick saban offered him in his office in the spring of his freshman year that went a long way in, in closing this one out Damon Payne, the number 14 overall prospect in the 24-7 sports composite for the 2021 class, the number one rated defensive tackle. And Alabama adds him to a class that is starting to really ramp things up. I know a lot of people, maybe not us or maybe not, uh, you know, people that are closer in in the recruiting world, they, they knew that Alabama had a lot of big fish out there and they had a lot of lines that they were kind of towing and making sure that they were, uh, you know, staying in the conversation, staying in the mix with a lot of prospects, but they started off slow. They, they, you know, Ohio state schools like that have gotten off to such a hot start that Alabama is now playing catch up in, in a sense, but they have a, a shot. It, it might not be the best shot or a realistic shot, but they do have a shot to eventually, you know, make a push for that number one spot. So, uh, Damon Payne ad- adds to that class. They they obviously had some big commitments last weekend from Tommy Brockermeyer. Uh, they, they had J.C. Latham earlier this offseason. They were able to flip a, a guy like Devontae Smith. What do you think Damon Payne can do in the SEC in that environment and, and you know, possibly push for playing time early on in his career? Well, you know, there's, there's, not, there's not been a ton 
of kids throughout my career who come from the Midwest and go down to Alabama. But the ones that have, uh, they've done a good job of identifying those guys. And uh, those kids have, have, by and large, been very successful. Mark Ingram uh, is probably one of the best examples of that. But they went up into Iowa and pluck a guy like uh, Ross Pierschbacher or, or go into Kentucky and get Damian Harris and Jedrick Wills and guys like that. And I think Damon Payne is right there along with those guys. I think he's got all of the talent. Um, he's as complete of a defensive tackle prospect in the Midwest that I've scouted the last few years, a guy who can beat you with strength, can beat you with technique, can beat you with athleticism too. And uh, hard, extremely hardworking kid, comes from a good high school. Uh, and so I, I think he will have a chance to be in the conversation and in the rotation early because he's not going to be a guy that you have to catch up as far as the strength and conditioning piece. He'll be physically ready to compete at that level. And uh, I think he's going to end up being you know, a high-impact guy for Alabama. I thought he was a guy uh, who very early on in his career showed that he could play anywhere in the country. And really, to be honest, could have played anywhere in the country on either side of the ball. He was a really, really good offensive lineman when he first started high school, too. You know, it is difficult for linemen to go into college and make an impact, not only maybe your first year, but even that that redshirt freshman year. I think a lot of the development, a lot of the step forward, it's so big, the leap that the linemen have to take to be ready for the college game. And then you add in the fact that this is Alabama, right? They're going up against the SEC programs. Uh, you're not only going up against those, but then in, in practice, you're matching up against future NFL players basically at every position uh when you look at damon Payne, where are there any areas that you see him having to to make a leap forward or having to adjust to or or maybe having to make some strides to get to that elite level where he could be a, a candidate to to contribute from day one i think maybe just in the level of pure like dominance from play to play consistency um he's a guy i don't think in terms of the things we talked about, it's not a guy that you look at. He's got to get bigger, stronger, faster. He's got to be better with technique. Like he's got all the tools in the book. Um, and, and, and I say this knowing that he plays at a high school that has just tons of division one prospects on it. So when you go to a game, it's almost sometimes a different guy may step up that game. But Damon is a kid who I want to see just blow the doors off of his senior season because he really should. And I don't think that they play, they play some schools that have division one linemen. He really shouldn't be blocked. Uh, and, and we've seen that at times. And now my challenge to him would be, let's see it uh, basically on every play. Let's, let's establish you as a true uh, dominant presence that teams have to account for on every single snap. Sure. Yeah. When you go out to some of these high school games, when you see a five star, you want him dominating every every play, right? It, it, through the whistle, you want him to be the clear cut number one player on that field every night. Uh, so that's going to be something to interest, interesting to look for with, with Damon Payne moving forward. We are joined by Alan True. We'll be right back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast to break down all the latest news across the Midwest. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, joined by Alan True. You can follow him on Twitter, at Alan True. He covers Midwest recruiting for 24-7 Sports. And now he's, he's a beatboxing dad. What I mean, you you broke this down on Twitter. You gave us an, a nice little glimpse, and you had a visual. You had a, a video of your son practicing some beatboxing. It sounds like he's is an, he's an aspiring uh, musician, beatbox guy that that wants to make beats. He so yeah, he went from from kind of making beats on this little Casio keyboard that I had gotten him to kind of being interested in actually like singing and doing some rapping, and then I don't know what youtube rabbit hole he went down that led him to this beatboxing competition that he found and he watched it and decided he wanted to do that and i kind of laughed at him because i uh know that that's pretty difficult to do and get good at quickly and he just watched every day watched a bunch of people off of america's got talent who had been on there for beatboxing and picked it up and really surprised me and my wife by the end of the week he was doing it pretty well so now we're trying to encourage it he's actually uh, currently right now somewhere in the house watching beatboxing videos on YouTube. So it, he changes his pursuit like every month. So next month there, there may be something different. So for the moment he's, he's all in on the beatboxing though. In the 45 second clip that you put up, he sounded like a natural to me. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how hip hop you are or, or how, you know, deep you are into the, the music, the music scene, but it seemed like he had some rhythm. He had some really, I, I think, creativeness to his his rhythm too. So he, we have musicians on both sides of my family. Uh, so that's um, where it so comes from. That's where it comes. He's from. got yeah. So he's got some of that, and uh, I'm a little bit of a hip hop head myself. So I actually had to go back into the archives when I was when I was in high school. The guy that was really popular was named Razel. He's still around, but there was like this clip floating around on LimeWire of him singing over a beat. Like he was doing the beatboxing and was singing over top of it. And I had that MP3 on my family computer. So I had to go pull that back up and, and show him kind of a, a classic and, and one of the best. So I, I made sure that he knew his history on it. An up and coming beatboxer. He might be a four star right now, but he, he has five star potential, I think. Uh, you know, we, yeah, we just we rise and grind every day, just trying <laughs> to get better. Right. Well, when no one's watching, that's when it matters, right? That's when it matters the most. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we are joined by Alan True. He covers Midwest recruiting for twenty four seven sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan True. And if you want to watch that video, it's up on his media section on his Twitter account. Uh, let, let's start with Andrew Anthony. So uh, this is a prospect that is supposed to announce his decision this coming week. He's a, a high three star wide receiver from East Lansing, Michigan, and the crystal ball is trending for the the nearby Spartans of Michigan State. Well, what are we hearing on Andrew Anthony and, and the likelihood that he stays close to home to play for Mel Tucker? So I think the likelihood is very high that he's going to be close to home. I think there's some doubt creeping in because he, I think he took a visit on his own to Michigan today and Michigan seems to be creeping back into a race that I thought at one point they were potentially the leader kind of seemed to fade away. And it seems like maybe towards the end here are, are coming back into the picture, but I, I, it would take a lot for me to come off my crystal ball to Michigan state. And this one is interesting because he is an East Lansing kid. It's, I mean, it's right there in town. 
But throughout the process, I never really felt like Michigan State was the lead school. Um, Notre Dame was a school he really liked. Penn State, he really liked. Michigan, he really liked. I thought Minnesota, he was going to visit Minnesota and, and COVID shut that down. And had that happened, I think things could have progressed there. So it wasn't like, hey, he's from East Lansing. This is a foregone conclusion that he would go to Michigan State. A couple things happened. His teammate, Ethan Boyd, who he played football and basketball with, committed to Michigan State. Michigan State was able to get him onto campus just before COVID shut things down. And I think that was huge for him to be able to meet the new staff, especially the wide receivers coach, Courtney Hawkins and Mel Tucker. And since then, they've really prioritized him. And he said it at the time when he got on campus. He said that Mel Tucker said to him in his office, we're going to make it really hard for you to say no and leave town. We're not going to allow you to leave East Lansing. And they, they really have done that. They, they've recruited him uh, with a lot of intensity. And I think that's going to win the day for Michigan State. You know, Mel Tucker, that whole staff, they're dealing with things that every other college staff is dealing with during this pandemic, during the recruiting shutdown. But they are a first-year staff, and they don't have, I guess, the luxury of being able to bring in players and, and recruits to meet the coaches, to get a feel for the program under the new regime. And I think that's obviously unfortunate for them, right? Having just arrived this past February when Mel Tucker left Colorado uh, and, and so you, you would have hoped if you're on that staff or a part of that program that these last few months heading into the season you would have built some momentum recruiting you would have been able to really get into some of these recruits homes um, you know down the road by by attracting them to come to campus at this point during the offseason do you think it has set them back or have they really been able to adjust the last several months so I, I do think that they have adjusted well. They have 12 commits right now. Um, and I, I think if you had asked me back when everything shut down, I don't know that I would have thought that they would have 12 commits without being able to get those kids on campus. I think the good thing for them is they've re they recruited really well at Colorado and put out some good offers and got kids on campus there. And the strength of some of those relationships has carried over. Um, to Michigan State, where, where some of these guys, they knew already um, when they were at Colorado. I think where it maybe, you know, hinders them a little bit is like, it, like we just touched on with Andrell, you know, if they hadn't been able to sneak him onto campus just before COVID, who knows if they would end up, you know, being the lead for him right now. But, but how many other kids could they have been in that position with had they been able to get him on campus? And then for a new staff who's kind of learning a new regional area and, and getting to know high school coaches, not being able to get out on the road in the spring and, and bring guys into campus in the summer. I think that certainly has to have some effect too, but all things considered, I think they've done a really good job after being dealt uh, kind of a rough hand here with being new and then COVID. Another wide receiver from the Midwest, Chevy Brenson from O'Fallon, Missouri, Christian Brothers College, also appears to be closing in on, on making a decision. What's the latest on, on Brenton? Yeah, so we have him as a receiver, and he plays receiver in high school. Might be kind of a hybrid tight end, and that's what Illinois is recruiting him as, and they're really selling him on, on what they can do with him at that position. And um, I, I have Illinois as the lead, Jeremy Werner, who does a great job for us at Illinois Inquirer. He also has a crystal ball pick in for them. I think it's coming, so I, I think that a decision – honestly – would have thought one would have happened already, an announcement. Uh, 
um, hasn't yet, but I, I think it could come uh, as soon as this week now. And uh, Illinois has done a really good job. They're coming in late behind some other schools, but having a prior relationship, their area recruiter, their and tight ends coach, Corey Patterson, has known this kid since he was really started playing youth football um, and is from the St. Louis area. So I think that relationship and the way that they're going to use him and, and develop him is, uh, is, is why they're in front. You alluded it, alluded to it earlier, Alan, the fact that it's not only 2021 prospects that are now coming off the board, but we're seeing more activity in the 2022 class. Um, Joey Tanona, a four-star offensive tackle, committed to Notre Dame this past week. He's from Zionsville, Indiana. He's a top 15 prospect at his position uh, across the 2022 class in the composite, the number two prospect in the state of Indiana. Uh, what do you like about Joey Tonona? What do you think it brings to Notre Dame, which you know had been uh, really needing to, to make a, a, a splash, especially along the offensive line? Yeah, so he's got really uh, almost every tool in the book. Um, violent on film and uh, very smart when you talk to his high school coaches and people who know him so you know plays very hard and then athleticism wise and and you know this we talk all the time about what do you do in other sports to especially if you're a big guy and uh he threw the shot put uh over 48 feet as a freshman which is a really good mark for a ninth grader so you look at that and you translate that over with what he looks like on film and he's a clear four-star guy, an easy top 247 guy for us, and somebody who I think is going to be an impact for guy for Notre Dame. 6-5, I kind of wonder, is he going to be a tackle? Is he going to be a guard? Maybe that depends on what he, how he grows over the next two years, but either way, at either position, I think he's a, he's a future starter for Notre Dame. A pretty safe pick based on the way he plays and his intelligence. Tonona wasn't the only 2022 prospect to come off the board this last weekend. Caden Saunders, a four-star wide receiver from Westerville, Ohio, committed to Penn State. Now, the, the Nittany Lions uh, have Saunders, and, and they just received a crystal ball vote from, from Alan True. What, what are we hearing on, on what else is up for grabs for the Nittany Lions in the 2022 class? Yeah, so first, good, good pickup in Saunders. Uh, fast guy, another guy with some verified measurables. Um, had a top 12 40 time at the uh, 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 All-American Combine and, and a guy who's a big play guy as a return man and a receiver. So beat Notre Dame, Michigan, some schools like that for him and, and may do it again here coming up on Tuesday. Top 247 tight end Jerry Cross out of Milwaukee King set to make his decision. Uh, almost had already pulled the trigger for Penn State recently. I think he's, he's maybe slept on it a few nights and is ready to come around and announced this time so I feel really good about the crystal ball pick there another guy kind of like Chevy Brenton high school wide receiver but six foot six 220 pounds probably going to be end up being a tight end at the next level but a huge matchup issue and and really Penn State has come into Wisconsin a little bit before the last time um, they got somebody out of there as defensive lineman Robert Windsor who ended up being a really good player for them very tough to beat Wisconsin on their in-state guys I think Penn State's going to do it here uh, Iowa, Michigan, other schools like that had recruited this kid, but uh, Penn State seems to be the one that's uh, going to win out here on Tuesday, although that, that may be one that they have to kind of keep protecting that commitment as I'm sure schools are going to continue recruiting him over the next two years.
We're joined by Alan True. He covers the Midwest recruiting for 24-7 sports. Before we let you go, Alan, you know, obviously on-field results uh, have some say in recruiting success as well, right? The, you know, the more that you can be successful on the field, the more you can sell. And, and, and I guess the higher caliber recruit you can even pursue if you're a coach. How big is this coming season going to be for James Franklin? Well, I think it'll be big. I, I think they definitely can't go backwards. I don't think that they necessarily need to take huge steps forward, though. I think that they've been winning, and they've been putting guys in the pros, and I think that that's enough. I mean, I, I think getting into a Big Ten championship game, obviously, if you beat Ohio State, uh, that's huge for the program. But I think they can sustain the level that they're recruiting at by continuing to win at the level that they've been winning. So I, I don't think it's like this huge. I don't see it necessarily as this huge make or break. You gotta you gotta win more than you did last year type season for them. But I do think that if they were able to get over that hump and, and beat Ohio State and challenge for a Big Ten East title, uh, that could that could boost their recruiting up even a little bit more than where it is right now. They've kind of been hovering um, in the teens, and and I think that that could really start to push them higher because they already do a really really good job on the trail. And if you give James Franklin and that crew anything more to sell, um, I think they will, will definitely take advantage of it. Alan True bringing the goods, as always, here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. And keep us updated on the beatboxing, will you? Oh, well, I probably have no choice. He's going to insist that he keeps doing it. And he's going to insist that I keep posting it. So He, I he definitely wants to will. go viral. I think I, I understand. His, I, I like it. He wants to market himself. He understands that this in new age media, you have to go out and, and get it. And, and he's a go-getter. He is. It's, uh, these kids all learn off of YouTube. So <laughs> he's definitely one of them. All right. That is Alan True. He covers Midwest recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Like I said, you could follow him on Twitter at Alan True. A reminder, we've got a mailbag episode coming up later this week. So if you haven't already, please submit your question via Apple Podcasts on a five-star review for a chance to get it answered by our team of analysts at 24-7 Sports. For Alan True, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.